Your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to episode 267 of Locked On Canadians. It is another Friday mailbag. It is what we look forward to every week. We love this. We love recording this, and hopefully, you love listening to this. My name is Laura Saba, also known as the Active Stick, and I am joined, as always, from Habs Eyes on the Prize, Scott Matla himself. Scott, how are you doing today? I am doing very well, despite having a very, very busy week, but I am doing extremely well going into the weekend here with an impending nor'easter in parts of New York, because 2020 can't let us go that easily yet. We cannot have nice things. But speaking of nice things we can have, I want to shout out our listener, Hope who posted a screenshot of Spotify Wrapped, and we are at the top of hopes listens and so what i want to invite you guys to do because i know a lot of you do listen to us every listen to every single episode download every episode so if you if we are anywhere in your you know high up in your spotify wrapped please send us a screenshot of it we are so excited to receive it you can tweet us at lo underscore canadians or you can email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com and there may or may not be a surprise in store for one of our listeners. So please send them over to us before the end of the year. In the meantime, it is the mailbag episode. And this week, I think we'll go right into the mailbag. We are going to talk about, you know, this impending lockout or not lockout and stuff like that next week. You know, once we have a little bit more information on what is actually going to happen with the start date of the NHL. But I think, you know, we, we got such an interesting question as soon as we posted a request for a mailbag uh, questions that I think let's get right into it, Scott. What have we got for this week? So this one actually came from my deputy editor at Eyes on the Prize, Jared Book, and it goes, Mark Bergevin played for the Red Wings in Patrick Waugh's final game as a Canadian. In 50 years, when we look back at memorable moments in Canadian's history, will Mark Bergevin be in each one like the star of a time travel movie? Followed up by another one of our favorite people, actually uh, a guest on our show as well, Ian Boisvert, who gave us something which that part I didn't know. So why don't you spring it on our listeners? So from Ian, he goes, he responds to Jared and my tweet and goes, I love this idea. Like how Saku Koivu's first hat trick came on the power play while Mark Bergevin was sitting in the box for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, and somehow now, like if I had the time to go back and comb through things in Canadians history, how often would Mark Bergevin feature in them? Like, is Mark Bergevin going to be like, you know how there's a Trump tweet for everything from the past? Is there a Mark <laughs> Bergevin appearance for everything in the past right now? Well, you know what? Hopefully he's a part of the Stanley Cup win is all I'm saying. Hopefully there will be a Stanley Cup win and he is lifting the trophy on the ice uh, for the Habs. <laughs> I, I want to make it clear. I don't want him to be there like if another team beats the Habs in the finals. I don't care. I'm very interested to see, like, okay, Mark Bergman was drafted in 1983 in the, in the NHL entry draft. So I'm looking at this, 
And I'm trying to see how I can tie all of this together because honestly, I, I have to know now. I, I, I'm going to spend this weekend like with a whiteboard and a bunch of like newspaper clippings trying to find Mark Bergevin and Hab's history. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it or not, but I, I'm going to figure out something, honestly. That's honestly like it's, it's, it's a fun idea and I hope you do get to do it and maybe do a piece on it if you have the time and then we can discuss on this show because I'm fascinated by this now. And, and now I'm thinking like, okay, 83, the Habs didn't win a cup in 83, but what about when Mark Bergevin was born? Was he born on a day that, he, you know, something significant happened? Like, I'm so excited about this now. Yeah. Oh, let me go look. Mark Bergevin was born on August 11th, 1965. So no. And then uh, in 1983, the New York Islanders won the Stanley Cup the year he was drafted, and Mark Bergevin would go on to play for the New York Islanders in 1989, 1990. This is a rabbit hole I don't know if I can actually go down right now because this show will last forever, and it'll feature so much of my inane ramblings that everyone's going to tune me out after like five <laughs> minutes. Your ramblings are not inane, but in the meantime, we do have some more Habs-related and Laval-related questions that we got in the mailbag this week. We had a really healthy interest in in the prospects this week. Uh, yes. Uh, this one comes from Randy Hansen. Uh, Drouin seems to be an outlier in the top six based on his style of play and the way the team is put together. Would you move him at the deadline of his point uh, at the deadline, regardless of his point totals at that time? The answer is no. Uh, I would only move him if his point totals were really good because that's when his value is going to be high. He unfortunately comes with a lot of baggage, so teams would not be willing to give up much for him, I don't think. But if he had a really, really good year, I think it would be possible for the Canadians to get somebody for him. But we also have to remember that he's one of the few people on this team with actual skill. Yes, he is inconsistent. But what are the chances the Canadians are going to get somebody with that level of skill and more consistency for Jonathan Drouin plus without giving up too much? So I think it's worth exploring to see if there's anything, if there's any interest. But I think that it's much more likely that Claude Julien will find a way to fit him into the system better than I think that he will be traded for value. Yeah, I, I think that it's not wise to trade him because, like you said, he is a person with skill. And we haven't seen him with this new lineup with, you know, scoring wingers and the way this team is set up is that he doesn't have to be the primary piece. And we've seen now that he clicks very well with Nick Suzuki, which could be huge for both of them. I don't think he's the odd man out. I think he's the one that can fit in more places than one. So it's very hard to nail him down into one role or the other, so to speak. And we have more of the mailbag coming up next. But one of the things that I like about this episode is that you guys get to know us through our Friday mailbag. And I'm just going to share a tip that about my life. I recently acquired a stationary bike because I used to be a runner and obviously in the pandemic, well, before the pandemic, I'd kind of fallen off the wagon with some injuries and, 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 and things like that. And so recently I acquired a stationary bike because it's getting cold and I can't, I can't go outside and work out. But one thing that I have been a bit worried about is losing, uh, steam because, you know, when you, you haven't worked out for a while, it's very easy for you to hit the wall. But also if you are a regular runner or if you are a regular exerciser, you will at some point hit a wall in your workout, in your marathon, in your workday even. You could do it even when you are parenting. But now there's Built Go from our sponsors, the people who make Built, Built Bar. 
They also make an energy gel called Built Go. It's delicious. They've got three amazing flavors. They've got chocolate mint, chocolate coconut, and peanut butter and honey, which is the best one. And as soon as I hit the wall, I just take an energy gel. It's delicious. And it gives me that boost that I need to continue my workout to finish my day. It's got collagen protein, which is good for your hair, your skin, your nails. It makes you look good. But most importantly, it's easy on your stomach, easy to digest. It gives you that boost to break through your wall immediately, right away. So if you want to try BuiltGo and see what I'm talking about, go to BuiltGo.com, enter our promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your order so you can try and you can break through your wall as well. This episode is absolutely flying by already, but don't forget to tune in on Monday where we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Patrick Roy trade and how that came about. It is one of the darker days in Canadian's history. We don't want to depress you guys, but we want to maybe talk about like informing, like, let, like let's talk about the context because I obviously, when that happened, I wasn't a fan yet. I didn't, I didn't know and so I think it, it's really worth exploring and just kind of finding the context so that like those of us who are newer fans can sort of relive that moment and relive what everybody was so upset about at the time. That's coming up on our Monday episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast so you won't miss a single episode. But back to today in our mailbag. What have we got, Scott? Uh, this one comes from ben, uh, Brandon Betton, who gave us the CBA questions for earlier this week, which we will have plenty of that after this weekend's full of updates as well. Uh, what's the ideal or most likely Laval Rockets starting lineup on opening day? How do you think the Rocket will fare this year contender, playoff bubble team, playing for pride? Uh, to answer the second one, they need to be a solid playoff team, and I think they will be. Um, I think you're going to see any, um, well, on the back end, you're going to see Xavier Ouellette, and you're going to see any number of young pe- uh, players on his left-hand side. It might be him and Gustav Olofsson. It might be him and Josh Brook. It might be whoever. Uh, Caden Primo is more than likely going to be the entrenched starter. You're going to see Alex Belzeal, Joseph Blandizi, and probably like Ryan Paling or someone else in the starting lineup. The Rocket, looking at the roster right now, have a ton of players, not counting those who are going to be waived or don't make the NHL this year. It's very hard to put together a starting lineup because Joel Bouchard doesn't do predictability, quite frankly. So it'll be interesting, but I do think they're going to be a playoff contending team this year, depending on how the season looks, if that season gets off the ground at all. But I would put Good money on the Rocket making a run for the division title this year, too. I just sent you another question. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, I will read that one right now because it does kind of fit with the Habs. Uh, this comes from Locked On Red Wings. Why is your fan base obsessed with trying to steal Anthony Mantha from us? Because we don't want you to have nice things. Yeah, I mean, if we lost you four times, the least you can do is, like, give us a pity present, like, you know, Anthony <laughs> Mantha. Like, I don't think I'm asking too much to get, you know – a potential 25 to 30 goal score on it at a young age on an extremely cheap contract who played in Quebec and has all the talent in the world that this team needs. We lost to the worst team in history multiple times. Like, I think that means we should be allowed to just have nice things. Are we not entitled to the sweat of our non-labor in these games? Like, really? Come on now. Selfish. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> 
I, I just, I, I think that they should throw in Dylan Larkin too. I mean, yeah, duh. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, either I, one, I, either one is going to be fine. I'm not picky, but yes, Dylan Larkin <laughs> or Mantha or both. All right. So what else have we got for today? Uh, from Jeffers84, is the top 25 under 25 for today or for the future? If it's for today, shouldn't Mete be ahead of Cole Caulfield? If for the future, shouldn't Caden Gooley be ahead of Mete? Not insulting the list, just asking for clarification. So if, I don't know if you guys still do this, but when I was writing at Habs Eyes on the Prize, we would all have kind of be assigned our, 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 uh, uh, what do you call it? our players, but we would all vote uh, and assign rankings to the players and then whoever was in charge of compiling it, good luck. I think it was Bruce Peter when, when, when I was around. Um, they had to compile all of our votes and kind of, uh, rank them according to the collective group think. Yeah, so we all vote on it, and everyone has different ways they look at it. I had years where I leaned too heavily into AHL guys, and I look at future potential plus what they are doing now, and I look at Cole Caulfield, and I think he's going to be a future star, and I look at Mete go, he is an NHL player. Caden Gooley right now could be an NHL player, but is it going to be a superstar? So it's very hard. Everyone has different ways they analyze these things. So um I look for certain things in my players. Like some people had Ryan Paling above where I do because I wasn't crazy on how his season went and that'll change. Uh And then I ranked, you know, some guys with more potential. Like I ranked Alexander Gordine very high this year because I thought he had talent. And then watching him play, I realized he doesn't skate. He just shoots the puck very well, which is an entire different thing. Uh, there's a lot of thought that goes into it, and especially this year with so many prospects and how well so many of them have been playing, it might be the longest I've spent trying to put together my list, and it's still one that I look back on and go, I probably would have changed this. Uh, it, it's not just one or the other. It's trying to find a nice balance between the two, especially when you're voting. Uh, we have another question from Randy Hansen. Who is the most overlooked young forward in the Habs system today that you think has the best NHL potential? I'm going to defer to you on that, too, <laughs> because I don't know. I mean, people are probably sick of me saying it, but uh, Jesse Yolen, I think, is probably the most underrated prospect in the system right now because he's a sniper-style player, so he's stuck behind Caulfield. He's finished, so he's stuck behind Kotkaniemi. Uh, he doesn't play defense, so he's, you know not Norlinder or Romanov, I think Yolanin is going to be someone who surprises a lot of people this year. I think he's very much the uh, most underrated prospect that they have right now in the system. I'm really looking forward to it then. Uh, I am not liable for when he, you know, suffers a season-ending injury like six games into the season, just so we're all very well aware of that. Why do so. you always yell at me when I do this, and now you're doing it? Because I had to eat fruitcake the last time I did this. So, <laughs> oh, all right. We have one from Locked On Ducks. If the Canadians would really celebrate 12 days of Christmas, what gifts would they receive? Um, I'm trying to remember the song. It's like, you know. Hold on. I will look this up. How many pipers piping? 12 days of Christmas. Let's Okay, let's look at each gift and assign a hab to it. All right, so 
there, okay, there are way, 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 way too many versions of this song, and that's just obnoxious. So, first day of Christmas is a partridge in a pear tree. Um, who would do a partridge in a pear tree? That sounds like a Kotkin Yemi gift. Uh, two turtle doves is the second Who's day. really of sweet? Oh, Nick Suzuki is like a gentleman. Uh, three French hens. Oh, I, I really don't like hens. <laughs> So I'm going to say Brendan Gallagher because he's going to be the one dealing with their, like, pecking and being loud. Four calling birds. Carrie Price. Uh, five golden rings. Who makes the most money on the team? Is it Carrie or Shea Weber? It, it's Carrie Price, and it's not remotely close. <laughs> well, okay, then we got to, like, Shea Weber with the call with the calling doves and then Carrie Price with the with the golden rings. So I'm gonna check, I, I know you picked Brendan Gallagher for French hens, but for number six is six geese a laying, and I'm gonna pick Brendan Gallagher for that, because Canada geese are assholes, and they, <laughs> so like. They absolutely are, yes. Which reminds me, I watched a TikTok where someone called the Canada goose the Canadian equalizer, and it is all that I can think about on a regular basis. So there was this tweet that I saw once where it's like this this uh, guy who had recently immigrated and um, didn't speak uh, cobra chicken. The, the cobra, the cobra chicken. chicken. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> I do not like the cobra chicken. All right, uh, what's seven? Seven swans are swimming. Uh, who skates really nicely? Jeff Petrie. There you go. Eight maids of milking. I pass. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say who has a farm. I don't. I don't know their house. Well, Carrie Price probably. So. <laughs> um, nine ladies dancing. Uh, who parties a lot? That's gonna be Mete. Yes. Uh, ten lords a leaping. That I cannot tell you. I was gonna say who on the team dives a lot, but like we've already tri- done Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, I was gonna say eleven pipers piping. Um, who's loud? Brendan Gallagher. <laughs> he's, he's got all the gifts. All right, locked on ducks. Yes, uh, and 12 drummers drumming a lot of noise. Uh, there's enough kids in the Petrie household to make plenty of use of 12 drummers. So Drumming. And with that, uh, I will drum into your head that you guys really need to check out Built Bar. If you've not tried it before, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They are delicious, and they have... This really great candy bar-like texture. If you've ever had a protein bar that's not Built Bar, you will tell me that it either has a really gross texture, it's grainy or paste-like or sandy, and it probably tastes either like soy or like that whey protein taste. You know the one I'm talking about. Protein bars suck. Built Bar does not. It is literally a treat that is also a protein bar at the same time. It's got so much protein in every bar. Every bar has low sugar, low calorie. It's friendly to every diet. They have nut-free options on there. Just go on there, select your bars, be happy. They're delicious. You could use them for workouts. You could use them for treats. You could use them for breakfast as long as you enjoy them. And if you want to try them, you're going to go to BuiltBar.com. You're going to enter our promo code Locked On in order to get 20% off your first order so you can try and come back and tell us how much you love them. What's next on our extensive mailbag this week? Uh, from Paul Brand Show, if the next season begins on January 1st, will the Stanley Cup engraving identify the team as champion for 2020-2021 or just 2021? 
I don't know the answer to that question, but the NHL seems like a league that's going to be like a stickler and for tradition, and they're going to put 2020-2021 on there. Yeah, I'm looking because they did the 2013 Stanley Cup playoffs, and I so it's still considered the entire season for it, even if there's extenuating circumstances. So I imagine that they'll put the full uh, season on there. Um, also from Paul, who on the current Habs roster would you want to experience a Freaky Friday-type body switch with? I was like, who has the nicest house? But then I thought about it, and I'm like, well, Jeff Petrie's house is great, but there's so many kids there. Same thing with Gary Rice. Like, they seem like they would have a really nice house because, you know, Angela Price influencing and everything. There's so many kids there. So I would want to trade with, like, somebody with, like, no responsibilities. So uh, Nick Suzuki, maybe, or Brendan Gallagher. Like, no, like nothing to worry about, just chilling and being rich. I, I can't get over the fact that I think Brendan Gallagher, you know all those tweets that go, you know, why do men live like this and think it's okay? And it's, like, a really nice TV on, like, a stack of pizza boxes and, like, a folding <laughs> lawn chair. And that's how I imagine Brendan Gallagher's house is, a, like, his bed is on, like, cinder blocks, even though he makes six and a half million dollars a year. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're yeah, really being mean to Brendan Gallagher in this episode, I kind of realize. You know what, though? We do it out of love. He's a little ball of hate. He is aggressive, and he's a jerk, but he's our jerk, and he's very effective, and he scores a lot of goals, and we love him. Uh, from Randy Hansen, should the Habs have an alternate logo for any third jersey that they wear? What do you think the alternate logo should be? I would love to see the version of the capital M from the Maroons or Concords or Machine. I like the M, but the thing with the M is that I don't think it would go on any other color but maroon. I And I don't love that. I want the the globe to come back that they had for the Winter Classic, the one that was on the elbow. I would actually love to see that as like a shoulder patch on their jersey or as something they could incorporate into their jersey. I think that would actually look really, really nice, to be quite honest. Um, all right. This one comes from uh, Ken Brumberger, uh, which I believe is directed straight at me. Bottle conditioned sours, fruit or no fruit? Uh, to be quite honest, uh, if it's fruit puree, please make sure it is in the refrigerator because if not, it will continue to ferment and your bottle or can will explode. Uh, as many people have learned in the past couple years as they went out and bought, uh, slushy style sours. Uh, it's all up to your preference. I enjoy a nice creek or lambic with cherries, but I also enjoy a regular traditional bottle conditioned sour, right, um, without any fruit added to it, just the natural flavors. All up to the person involved. From Paul Campbell, uh, is a box or tent structure best when trying to build a small fire for heat? I think tent structure. I, I don't actually know the answer to this, so I'm gonna just say, I feel like tent would be good because it's pitched and it's all gonna filter one way, but like, I, I don't know. Is box or tent better for building a fire? Well, that doesn't help at all. So, uh, never mind. We're gonna move on to the next question then. Uh, from Paul Brand Show, which letter is silent in the word sent? The S or the C? I can hear both when I sent. I can hear both. 
I hate this question because I can't pick an answer because it's like, <laughs> no, no, but no. But. My answer is both. Yours is neither. No. Yes. My answer is neither because he said which one is silent. My answer is neither. Yours is both. <laughs> uh, we have two nemesis questions, then one from another friend of the show. The first comes from Will. Is spontaneous combustion a real phenomenon or a bunch of nonsense? Somebody's been watching Unsolved Mysteries. I feel like it's like there was like an entire episode very, very early on in like the old school ones where there was spontaneous combustion. I don't think that's a thing. I think that like something is happening that you are doing to like set yourself on fire and explode. Uh, And then also from Will, what is Scott's favorite Christmas song and how many times has he already heard it this year? I haven't heard Feliz Navidad once this year, and I'm extremely upset about it. I've heard Taylor Swift's Last Christmas several times today alone, which, however, does not eliminate me from Whamageddon, which is my new favorite Battle Royale game that the internet plays. (laughs) And if you're wondering how this works, starting on December 1st, the first time that you hear Wham's Last Christmas is you are eliminated from this game. So far, it is December 3rd, and it'll be December 4th tomorrow, and I have not heard it. Therefore, I am still alive. Your goal is to make it to the end of the month without hearing Wham's Last Christmas. So, and if you're eliminated, please tweet it at us. So, I've already, I literally stepped out of the house once in December, and I heard Wham. Not that I don't, like, I don't mind it, but I, 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 like, I don't work, you know, I work at home. (laughs) <laughs> and I avoid going outside because that's what you're supposed to do. And we are on day three when we're recording this. It is day three of December. I've gone out once and I've already lost. And I know you and Will both work outside the house and are in grocery stores all the time. And that's not fair. Uh, and this one comes from our friend of the show, Stace. Yeah, why did you pick Will over me to be on the show? Okay, first of all, this question keeps coming up. And the answer <laughs> is... <laughs> We, okay, I want, I want to just clarify that Will is our nemesis and Stace is our idol. <laughs> um, there's two different, you know, it's two different things. Like the way Stace dunks on somebody, like if you get on Stace's bad side, that's it. You are murdered. Uh, but, and, and she is obviously a very good friend of mine and we love her. And we had a plan to have her on as well as, uh, we call him Floob from the, uh, Calgary Twitterverse. And we had a plan like way back when, and then certain things fell through and it just so happened that Halloween came before, before we were able to put it back together. And we decided to terrify our listeners by having them listen to our nemesis Will torture us. So that's how things came about. But that does not mean we love Will more than we love Stace. And he will actually support this. He will absolutely 100% be like, please love Stace more than me. So. I think, I think, you know, eventually we will have Stace on and then she can berate us on the show <laughs> for not having her on before, Will. I am very glad that you're the host on this one, so you had to answer this question and not me. Well, yeah, uh, but either way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get crap for it. <laughs> uh, that is everything in the mailbag this week, which was a lot of very, very different questions. That went by really, really quick, and we want to thank all of our listeners for your questions. As I said, if we are high on your Spotify wrapped, please send us a picture, a screenshot. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. 
You can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. You can also tell us individually. I am at The Active Stick. Scott is at Scott Matlup. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tune in next week. We've got so much fun stuff coming up. Thank you so much for listening. See you Monday.